As Sherman noted with the communion, people are thinking about gifts. This is a time of year where people are thinking about the gifts that they have selected to give. Maybe they're thinking about the gift or the gifts that they hope to receive. But gifts, even in our auditorium today, you can go out and see some wrapped packages. Regardless of the gifts that we are able to get or regardless of the gifts that we're able to give, we cannot match the gifts that God has given. The greatest gift, of course, is Christ. John chapter 3 and verse 16, God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That is one gift. It is a great gift, but it is by no means the only gift. Last week, if you were here, we talked about the golden bowl of prayer that God gives to his people. In in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8, John talks about this particular bowl. We looked at the latter part of Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8. This morning, though, we want to back up a little bit. We want to look at what we did not talk about last week. In the first part of Revelation 5, 8, the Bible says, And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb having each one a harp, and then, of course, as we've looked at, and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, as you look at the words before the Lamb in Revelation 5, 8, you have an expression which is very, very important. If you think about the picture in Revelation 5 and verse 8, here it is. The prayers that God's people utter. The prayers that God's people send before the very throne. They are pictured as being in golden bowls. But that's not the only thing that's said. These bowls are placed in a specific place, if you will. And again, heaven's not a literal place. This is figurative image, imagery to help us understand the point, but we will use that imagery since that is what John is describing. He says, imagine these bowls and they are placed in a very special spot. He says, the bowls are placed before the lamb. Now somebody says, well, who's the lamb? I'm not sure. John, another book tells us, he tells us in John chapter 1 and verse 29 that Jesus is the lamb of God. Now, it's one thing to say, Revelation 5, 8b, that a Christian's prayers are like a golden bowl. And it is another thing to say that the prayers that Christians offer are in these bowls, so to speak, and they are in the presence, they are before Jesus Christ. But I'd like to know a little bit more, and I trust that's true of others. Just because the prayers are pictured in this way, and just because the prayers are portrayed as being before Jesus Christ, that does not tell me very much as far as how effective my prayers can be. Does God have more to tell me as far as my prayers and how they're going to be answered? Some who are here have written to someone who held political office. You, for whatever reason, maybe wanted to compliment a government official. Maybe you wanted to say something that was not so nice to a government official. And as you sent that letter, imagine a case where your letter made it to the person that it was intended for. What happened when your letter got to that official? Did he read it? Did a staffer read it? Was the letter thrown away? And if your letter was read, perhaps by the very person that you wanted, maybe you've written to the President of the United States. I had a lady tell me several years back, she wrote to President Reagan. She was concerned about some things and she didn't get the response she wanted, but Reagan, supposedly, she said Reagan, but it was some staffer, I'm sure, sent her $1,000. And that, to her, was a big deal. She got $1,000 from writing a letter to the President. Well, if we send up a prayer to God, what are we going to get back? What's our response going to be? Is our prayer, if you will, going to be pushed aside? Is it going to be thrown in the trash? It was, is it going to be set aside so somebody else will get their prayer answered? I do not normally like to use a paraphrase when I preach or teach. But there are some times where a paraphrase is exceedingly helpful, and this morning is one of those times. I'm going to give you a paraphrase, which again, I would not normally use, but this is from Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. This passage is talking about Jesus, and it describes Jesus' current work or role. Jesus, this paraphrase says, is always on the job. 
He's always on the job to do what? He's always on the job to speak up for his people. That's the key mission of Jesus Christ right now. He's speaking up for people, especially the saved. When we think about speaking up, perhaps you're someone who has actually done that for another person. There was someone, perhaps they lost their voice. Perhaps they were not comfortable uh, addressing the situation. And you decided, maybe it was you were interceding for someone who was sick. You decided that you were going to intercede. You decided that you were going to speak up. You decided that you were going to be the spokesperson for someone who could not speak. Well, we may get this golden bowl, so to speak, because we're a Christian. And we may fill up this bowl with prayer. But we want to make sure that we can get the prayers from that bowl to God so that they can be answered. How is that process going to work? Now, again, let me emphasize that I do not believe that each one of us has a literal bowl. I do not believe the picture in Revelation chapter 5 is given so that we are to understand that there are angels up there behind a typewriter or there are angels up there with a pen and they're writing out the prayer requests and saying, well, let's make sure that these get to God. It is Jesus Christ, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, that is making requests for his people. He's the one who is speaking up. He is the one who was our intercessor, if you will. Now, that's good news. But how often does the Lord speak up for his people for tonight? We want to think about what God says concerning our prayer bowl and what should be in it. In Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, you may remember that Jesus told a story about a widow. This widow had a need. Jesus didn't identify what that was, but the judge also talks. About, the story also talks about a judge. And the judge in this story was able to do whatever the widow needed done. So the widow goes to see the judge, and she asks the judge for help, and the judge says, I'm not interested in hearing you. I don't want to help you. And this woman, this widow, is persistent. She continues to go back to the judge. She, we might say, pesters him. She goes to see him and see him a lot. In fact, in Luke chapter 18 and verse 5, the words continual, coming, the judge finally comes to the conclusion that this woman is going to wear me out. She's wearing me down. And it's best for me to go ahead and acquiesce. It's best for me to go ahead and give her what she wants so she will go away. And Jesus said, you bear this widow in mind when you pray. He said, I want you to pray continually. I want you to pray repeatedly. I want you to keep your bowl full. When we think about that golden bowl before God, here's item number one. Have a full bowl. Don't be the person who has a bowl which is virtually empty. Now someone says, well, that's pretty good advice. How can I fill up my bowl? That's a really good question. How often have we felt like I've really filled up my prayer bowl before God? Have we ever felt like, as we think about the image in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8, have we ever considered, is there much room left? And again, we're looking at this from our perspective. Uh, it's not a literal bowl before God, but from our perspective, do we feel like there's much room left on our prayer bowl? Have we ever thought, as we think about prayer, I need a second bowl. I'm praying so much. I'm praying so often. My bowl is running over. I need more space. Along with frequency, we find something else. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Paul, as he talks about prayer, he talks about thanksgiving. When you think about prayer, and I would suggest that almost every prayer somehow should incorporate thanksgiving into it. We need to be people who are very, very thankful. And this can be applied in a lot of different ways. Some, a little less this year, but some are traveling. And the next time that you travel, or perhaps you travel on a regular basis, I would suggest that you pray. 10.10, the people showed up. And after I got in the building, the lady said, we would have been here earlier, I apologize for being late, but she said, my anxiety set in. The vehicle that she was riding in slid around on the snow. And she said, that was traumatic for me. People have all kinds of anxieties. 
Maybe you are concerned about winter driving. Maybe you are concerned about paying a bill. Maybe you are concerned about your children. Maybe you're concerned about who knows what. You know what? God says, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, you take that anxiety, whether it is getting to work safely, whether it's coming home, whether it is your children getting on the school bus, whether it is a problem at work, whether it is COVID-19, God says, I want you to take that anxiety and I want you to put that in your golden bowl of prayer. He says, that's fine. This is the right place for it. Now, as we look at our world, the world has a different message. The world says, well, we'll give you some pills and we'll send you to mental health. Now, if you need to pop some pills, pop them if they're prescribed. And if you need to go see someone like a counselor to help you out, go see the counselor. But God says, I also want you to bear in mind that I have a bowl for you if you become a Christian. And as you're popping your pills and as you are talking to your counselor, you make sure that you also come to me. I can work through those pills, that medication. I can work through the counselor. I can help you get what you need to get through life. I care about your troubles. Now, that answer from the golden bowl of prayer may not always be the answer that we want, but in the end, it will be the best. As we think about our golden bowl of prayer, it also needs to include praise. Matthew 6 and verse 9. When Jesus gave the model prayer, he said, hallowed. That was how he addressed the Father. God needs to be honored. When we think about God and our golden bowl of prayer, God can be praised for his honor, his glory, his power. When you're outside, take a look at the splendor that we have, even this time of year when the leaves have fallen. God can be praised, he can be honored for giving us a bowl, letting us have the ability to communicate with him in prayer, willing to take our prayers, willing, Hebrews 7 and verse 25, to always be on the job, to never step away from it. He can be praised for being interested in all of our prayers. God, I thank you that you're willing to listen to me when I have big stuff, and God, I'm, willing, I'm thankful that you are willing to listen to me when the stuff is small. In less than a week, a lot of people are expecting one or more gifts. And just about every gift probably that we can imagine is going to be given to someone. If you look at all the gifts that people have been buying, and I didn't run the search, I suspect that someone has probably tried to figure out how much money is spent on Christmas every year. I have no idea, it's probably well over a billion dollars. But you know, if you look at all the gifts, and I suspect that at the high end, there are probably going to be some people who get a set of car keys this Christmas. Someone is going to say, uh, because it's Christmas time or you now have your driver's license, here are the keys to a brand new set of cars. So whether it is a $10 CD from Walmart or whether it is a brand new car that's worth tens of thousands of dollars, could I suggest to you from one perspective that every single present this year is going to be junk? Every single item under your tree is junk. Now somebody says, now wait a minute, I've got a new computer sitting under there. Uh, you can't call that new car junk. Is it not junk from the perspective of what we're talking about? When you compare it to a golden bowl of prayer before God, what's better than that? What can compare to that? There is nothing. I mean, this is one of God's best gifts ever to us. And it's a gift that doesn't come once a year. It's a gift that doesn't come once in our lifetime. God says, I have this bowl and you can fill it up and fill it up and fill it up. You can never create a situation where you need a second bowl. And I'm going to be standing there 24-7. I'm going to work on your time and I will always be there. I am eager to intercede for you. Do we understand the offer? Have we claimed the offer? Do we use the offer? And are we filling up our bowl with the right stuff? There's so much to put in it. 
Now, we've looked at just a few things this morning because we want to deal with some other things. But for this morning, thankfulness, anxiety, and praise. More tonight. But are we someone who's become a Christian? We have believed in God. He does exist. The Bible is His Word. We have confessed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God after repenting from our sins, changing our life. And then coming to Christ, baptism into Christ, where Christ adds us to the church, and we get that golden bowl, and God says, right now, you don't have to learn very much about the Christian life. Immediately, you can start filling up your golden bowl with prayers. How full is our bowl? Do we have the right things in it? Can we help you get that bowl by becoming a Christian? Can we help you fill up your bowl? Can we put some prayers in our bowl for you? That's also something we can do. If we can help you become a Christian, strengthen you in the Christian life, or aid you in any other way, we let us know what your need is and how we can help as we stand and sing the selected song.